Welcome to Rollmates, a D&D podcast where I teach my wife and you about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Greg. And I'm Allie. And welcome to session nine. Session nine, where we finally play. No. Oh. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a German joke. Yeah. That's like the only German. Yeah. Well, Niet? no. Lederhosen. Lederhosen. Um. Fraulein. Fraulein. <laughs> Christmas. Kindergarten. Oh, yeah. Something about the Christmas tree is German, but I don't think the word Christmas is German. No. Linguistics. Yay. <laughs> I pick up a language skill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today, I would like to talk to you about um, a phrase that I've heard you use a couple of times to describe um, like player character builds. And we've used it a couple of times in the podcast, but I still don't feel like I fully understand what it means and that phrase is min-maxing or when someone is being a min-maxer um so yeah what what does what does that mean Hmm. so min-maxing or as the more um palatable term optimization oh that's like the pc term now yeah it's like the pc term Um, But it's basically minimizing the attributes and qualities of a character Mm -hmm. that you don't intend on using in order to maximize the qualities of a character that you will be using for a character concept. Well, but isn't that how you're supposed to build it? It's like, okay, if you want to build a like, you know... Gandalf style wizard you you know maybe you would give less points to things like strength and you would give a ton of stuff to like wisdom and intelligence no no Gandalf has all is maxed out okay that's why I said Gandalf style like you're not being an ASMR (laughs) you're being a wizard so you're like you want to be the wizard of the party you want to be the one that knows everything Mm -hmm. that can strategize that can always come up with a plan but you're not necessarily like the Gimli who's going to come in axe swinging Mm -hmm. so wouldn't isn't that how you're supposed to build the characters you give more points to the things that you plan on using yes. how is that different than just building your character so you're yeah okay so that's specialization mm-hmm. and that is one way to play i mean if you're in a group of four five six seven people you want your character to stand out right yeah. and so if you are the party wizard and you have high intelligence you want to make all of those history checks religion yeah. checks arcana checks because the the alternative then, is just like you have all of your skills at the exact same number yeah which i mean seems super boring and like mm-hmm. not the point well so it really depends on your character concept and i'll get down why so the perception of min maxers um or at least what other people see when they see min maxing is that this is a person who cares solely about the numbers Mm -hmm. like if they um swing their sword they want their strength to be completely maxed out so that they can hit more often than not they can do all like as much damage as they possibly can 
while dropping things like intelligence or wisdom or charisma or whatever. So min-maxing is an extreme version of um, yes. whatever you said, personalization or what did you say? Specialization. Specialization. So yes. it's it's doing that, but to an extreme level where you, like, so if you were building like a Gimli dwarf tank character, you would do like zero intelligence, but mm -hmm. like 20 strength just because that's what you well, want to play at and so before tasha's cauldron of everything the uh, source book mm -hmm. um the min maxer would pick a dwarf specifically for the plus two in strength and plus two in constitution mm -hmm. so in their mind it's not oh i'm gonna make an elven fighter who can tank mm -hmm. it's no i want to make a fighter who can tank the dwarf is the best class for this or the best race for mm -hmm. this, you know, it, so it's looking specifically at numbers mm. to determine their character creation, okay. you know, um, or in the, in, you know, in other words, for optimization, it's ranking a subclass, mm -hmm based on how well it can do its job versus the other like subclasses in the same class. So like all the paladin subclasses, if I want to be a paladin that can do the most damage, which of these subclasses are better at doing that than others? I'm picking that one. If I want to um, do extra points in damage, I need a higher strength. So I'm picking dwarf and you know, this weapon does the most damage, so I'm picking either greatsword or maul. And mm -hmm. then my feet is going to be great weapon fighting. Like you're just selecting things to hit a number mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so that is a, um, a common perception of min-maxers. Whereas like I feel like a lot of other people will build a character based on like some people just like role-playing as a particular race or they like the culture or mm -hmm. like so so like i feel like min maxers don't really care about the role play aspect because that doesn't really have anything to do with the numbers they yeah, just want to yeah. like quote unquote win the encounters yeah so you know and and to be or at fair, least that's the perception that's the perception and um unfortunately it is not a um it's difficult to tell whether it is a minority or a majority. Mm. Um, so, well, is this a so is this a bad thing? Because I feel like if you are not always, yeah. If you're playing a game, if you're playing D and D, and say, um, you know, you're gonna do a a session or a, a campaign that's lots of combat. Your mm -hmm. session has decided we really like combat. We're going to have a lot of battles. Maybe this is like in a war setting or something. Um isn't that beneficial? Like it is so um that's the interesting thing and we're going to talk about this in another episode. But you have the three pillars of adventure mm -hmm. in D&D. So you have exploration, social interaction, and combat. Yeah. Of those three, combat is defined the most through mechanics. Mm -hmm. And so the optimizer or the min-maxer, they are trying to exploit those mechanics in a way for them to be the most effective they can possibly be. This 
is a good thing, but、mm. there are two other pillars of adventure that. Hi, Frida. Hey. Our cat just entered. There are two other pillars of adventure that they may be neglecting because of how they min max.、Mm -hmm. Now,、um, and we'll talk about how this translates to role playing in general.、Um, and some people are like, I want to help my party as best as I possibly can.、Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be the healer, I am going to heal the highest number yeah, of、stacked. all the numbers. Yeah. You know? Because I, cause I, I mean, I feel like every time I've heard about min maxers or optimizers, it's in a very negative kind of、mm -hmm. connotation. Or maybe not very negative, but it's in a kind of like, oh, yeah, he's such a min maxer. Like,、mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like, oh, awesome. We have a min, we have an optimizer、yeah. on the team. Like, I feel like it's portrayed as a bad thing, but it seems like, like, I'm interested in exploring the. The benefits and the downfalls of playing、yeah. that way. So let's start with the bad,、okay. since that's where you know, we are. So you have a, let's take classic DD party, classic balanced party, right?、Mm -hmm. um, you have your fighter, your wizard, your rogue, and your cleric, right? Wizard has high intelligence. Low strength, fighter has high strength, low、uh, mental stats.、Uh, cleric can have like high constitution, high wisdom,、uh, high charisma, and then low strength and intelligence and dex. Rogue has high dex, high charisma, wisdom, whatever. So, in that order, <laughs> I so a lot of times when we talk about.、Um, Like classes and races and stuff, my mind always goes to Lord of the Rings because that's just how it's、mm -hmm. easier for me to frame it. So, Gandalf,、mm -hmm. the fighter would be like Gimli or Legolas, right? I'd say Aragorn. I thought Aragorn was a rogue. No. no. Oh, JK. Aragorn. Well, Aragorn's a ranger. Ranger, yeah. Sorry, ranger. that's what I meant. Ours, and, our words. Yeah. Um, So okay, Gimli is、so, so、more akin to a fighter. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more confused about who would be the cleric in the in the fellowship or well, in the movies that, in like, general. There's, I'm. Is there not in, a, a? I don't decent... think there's a cleric, and like really,、oh, um, I mean, you could argue that maybe Gandalf, like Gandalf, kind of occupies wizard cleric space.、Um, I think.、Uh, This isn't entirely necessary. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just yeah, curious. The, the, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't choose. See, I wouldn't choose Tolkien because Tolkien's characters are maxed out. They're the best <laughs> they can possibly be. Yeah, that's kind of the point. They like, they, they really、um, they don't lack in things, at least physically.、Mm -hmm. You know, mentally, and this has been. Some players' issues with DD, like the intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, aren't totally accurately depicted. But,、um, so yeah, go, go back. Sorry, go back to what you were saying.、About. Even better, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Okay. So the、uh, fighter would be the,、um, the thing,、mm -hmm. the、um, human torch would be your wizard. 
Well, no. Let, going strictly from stats, uh, Reed Richards, the... Uh, Bendy guy. Yeah, stretchy guy. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. He would be the wizard. High intelligence. Okay. Um, the rogue would be... The invisible. And... Susan Storm. Yeah, because she does like sneaky yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she then, I mean, Human Torch is not really a cleric. But we'll say Reed Richards is cleric. Human Torch is... <laughs> It doesn't matter. This isn't whatever. <laughs> the point being, mm-hmm. you have a fighter, wizard, rogue, cleric. Yes, yes. They each do something really, really well. Yes. What happens? You're in a dungeon, right? Some giant monster or trap activates that separates your characters. Mm-hmm. And then they need to solve problems that are adverse to their stats. Oh. oh, dang, DM can do that? I don't encourage DMs to do that constantly, but to To keep give, things interesting. Yeah, keeping things interesting, give like tests to the party. Like if the party splits up for some reason, like part of them are going scouting and stuff like that, and no one has a high strength score, or, or like they have low strength scores because it's a rogue and a ranger and they're both focused on range combat mm-hmm. or at least the rogue uses like finesse weapons. So they have high dexterity but low strength. What if they really need to get through a door mm-hmm. and break it down because the lock is broken. They can't pick the lock, mm-hmm. right? Or if they need a scale like a really high cliff mm-hmm. and it requires like strength to do that. Um, you're kind of stuck, you know. Yeah, because you're not well-rounded. You're not well-rounded. Um, so is the lesson here, build your character like you're applying for college? No. <laughs> no, because <clears throat> on the flip side, if you have a milk toast character who a had... what? Milk toast. That means you're just completely milk bland. Toast? Oh, yeah, milk, toast. Bland. milk toast? Oh, milk toast. Milk toast. You're bland. <laughs> I thought you said milk toes, like on your feet. Yeah, you're bland. You have 12s in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just above average for yeah, any given stat. Super boring. Your the probability is against you whenever you roll for a skill or an attack. Mm-hmm. So that's that's mechanically okay. Mm-hmm. You're and you're gonna be um, you're gonna be really good at some things really bad at others mm-hmm. or just not as well let's talk about psychology now mm-hmm. okay i had a kid who it was um his first time playing mm-hmm. or one of his first times playing for context when you hosted D club at the school that you used to teach at yeah you didn't well just actually get... even just recently um last week when you were uh, teaching online yeah. i just when you say i have a kid like we don't have, have kids. A student, student. Yeah, see, students. So um, <laughs> we don't just acquire kids and force them to play Dungeons. He and said, "Oh, I'm gonna intimidate the." Cause he's playing a ranger, so he has like high dex, high wisdom, um, whatever, low charisma. He said, "I'm gonna intimidate this guy." Oh wait, no, I'm not. I I don't have. Um, good, I'm not good in intimidation. And he said, "You can try." Yeah. You want to roll high. And he rolled high. Yeah. He got like a 16 or something like, like that. That's, that to me is what makes the game fun is like mm-hmm. you have, it's so much chance that even if you're low, 
the dice is going to decide. Right. So you psychologically, you look at your numbers and you will, well, a lot of, a lot of people, especially those that are not comfortable with role play. And this deals with like skill checks and social situations. So the other two pillars of combat where they will, or adventure, they will look at their skills, mm -hmm. their attributes and say, I'm, this isn't me. I'm not the party face, so I'm not going to persuade people mm -hmm. or I'm not the strong person, so I'm not going to try to uh, attempt to break that door down or whatever, or even help the strong guy break that door yeah. down. So on a psychological level, players will choose to actively try to do a task or not do a task. And depending on the situation, you could be stealing the spotlight from other players mm -hmm. or not contributing. Mm -hmm. So in the case of, let's say you are a high intelligence person, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you've been to a lot of libraries, you know, generally like where to find information that you need to find and stuff. But let's say this uh, character with low intelligence who has um, in their backstory, they're looking for a piece of information about their family mm -hmm. or whatever, and they get a clue about it. And they say, oh, I'm going to go to the library, you know, just lock myself in there and I'm going to study, you know, because the party's on downtime mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm going to study and like really find this clue. And then you have the high intelligence person say, oh, wait, I'm going to go and help them. And, you know, I know where to find stuff in books and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you're being helpful, but you're also pushing into yeah, his their little journey, their little journey that, you know, they could ask you to help, you know, mm -hmm. if, if they but what if this is like something that is very monumental to their character yeah. tour. It's like kind of, I want to experience this revelation, mm -hmm. you know, alone or something like yeah. that. You could be pushing into that. And that's also like not a, I feel like the previous example you had of like, oh, maybe, you know, you're, you know, Gimli and Aragorn are trying to push this door open Mary and Pippin might come up and try to help, even though they're probably not gonna, you know, bust a door down. Like them adding their little bit of strength might like could do it. And that yeah. that also I feel like would be closer to like a life and death situation where it's like, Oh my god, there's a troll in here, we gotta get this door open. Every little bit helps. Yeah, you know, you're this... gonna sit around looking at the strong person yeah. to try to you it, know move the door or, it, or it lift seems, the boulder like it seems like it really takes it's like yeah. a judgment call of like okay what and and also like in real life too a we're constantly people constantly do things or try to do things that they're not particularly good at yeah. right i'm a small weak person i'm constantly trying to lift heavy things and climb stuff to get places <laughs> that i probably shouldn't do um but yeah like i think those are two really good examples of yeah, when yeah. to and when not to, or you know, butt into the story. Or sometimes you'll have, and it's like, I mean, sometimes uh, I'll let it happen, and then a lot of times I'll roll my eyes. But it's like, let's say you have, you know, two or more people who have high wisdom, and then they put some 
expertise in the perception skill and perceptions the most used skill it's yeah. do i see this do i hear this do i smell this or whatever and you'll have one character say um i look along the horizon to see if there's anyone like watching us mm -hmm. or who casts that spell or whatever okay roll perception i rolled a five all right, yeah, you don't you don't see anything. And then the other character is like, I want to look along the horizon to see if someone is watching us and blah, blah, blah. And then the other person's like, can I do that too? And can I do that? And it's, it's just you're starting to slow things down yeah. because you want to be the one to mm -hmm. discover this thing, which is it's a human thing. You want to yeah. feel special in a way, but like if multiple people have this same high stat, they're gonna constantly try to outdo each other. Mm -hmm. Even though that that first person had the idea, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, you know, it's, and if also someone has that idea, <laughs> let that person run with it. Mm -hmm. If they fail, they could fail forward in a way, mm -hmm. or it's just, you know, there's nothing there. Yeah. And also like mm -hmm. in real life, that's rude as hell. Like yeah. if we are looking for something, and like say we're looking for something and or you look out the window for the car or something and you're like oh it's not here i don't see it or we're expecting a guest and you're like you look out the window they're not here and i'm like let me look it's like yeah. you just looked and you didn't see anything so like I, what's yeah. there's no good reason for another character to be like oh i'm also going to look unless it's like you know maybe they roll a two and they're like oh uh, something fell in like some dust got into my eyes and so I couldn't see and then you know maybe then another person will and be like let yeah. me try and maybe 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 I looked in the wrong direction yeah maybe I looked to the west mm -hmm. because I you know the last I remember that was where I parked my car but you actually scanned the whole place mm -hmm. and and did it fine sometimes that happens whatever but when you have people trying to outdo each other because their min-max characters have complete... Because they're like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. If you failed at it, I can succeed. So I'm going to do the same thing. So now you're just becoming... You're redundant yeah. instead of moving the story. And I feel like that goes down to the idea we talk about sometimes where it's like, the point is not to win. Yes. Like, I feel like that's yes. the winning. Like, I want to win this yes. encounter or this check. Yeah. as a like versus my fellow player and that's just counterproductive and now and on the on the flip side of that so when um when it comes to character creation we kind of push people a little bit toward min maxing mm -hmm. in the sense of it is great for role-playing if your character has flaws yeah okay that doesn't mean you you know completely like you dump your intelligence or you dump your strength mm -hmm. and max out your charisma to compensate like you can you know put it in other things mm -hmm. or for skills and stuff like that and the reason being is that with flaws your character can fail at some things but they could fail forward mm -hmm. um it's or, also really gratifying when you have like maybe you have a character who is really low in charisma or something and they try to do something 
focused in that and they roll like a nat 20 like i feel like the the energy around mm-hmm. the table is like oh snap like 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 okay again i always go back to lord of the rings i'm sorry if you if you're listening and you've just never <laughs> seen lord of the rings and all this falls flat i'm sorry but like when um mary or pippin whichever the one dropped his um elven pin mm-hmm. on the ground and it's like the only smart thing he ever did in the whole like mm-hmm. i feel like that in game would be such a great moment of like oh i i you rolled really high and you had a great idea and it ended up solving a huge problem like that is such a memorable i feel like in game moment of of like subverting the expectation for that character whereas like you were saying before if they have low intelligence and they just never try to do anything intelligent then that's just that's boring or you're not trying and yeah. then your character is effectively dead in this area yeah and you don't grow as a role player and your character doesn't grow they remain static throughout the whole game mm-hmm. so if you have someone who is low charisma and your uh your bard or your your rogue your party face is talking trying to get some information and stuff like that and you're low charisma very brash not really good with their words direct says look here sir i just lost my mother the other day and i am not putting up with this i'm very upset please give us information and you rolled you know like a 16 or something like that and the dm could just say the merchant he sighs and says you know what you're the first honest person i've ever met i keep getting these silver tongued you know nobles just prancing about my shop and stuff like thank you that there is at least an honest decent person out in the world today and that's such a good tip for like dms of like making it worthwhile like rewarding the player for trying to challenge their own like character limitations Mm -hmm. and as opposed to just being like oh yeah he cool he gives you the information and you leave like i feel like rewarding them for making that effort is important yeah and 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 it encourages them to be daring and it's it, it can get the party in trouble at times, and that leads for fun adventures. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it keeps going, then the party... But everyone loves a little bit of hijinks. Yeah, but, it, but it's like, you know, it, you have that one character who gets everyone in trouble all the time. Everyone's going to be like, don't touch anything. <laughs> Just sit in the corner and let us handle it. Um, so it, it's a balancing act that you want to play around with. Mm-hmm. But... Your scores are there for a reason. Your skills are there for a reason. It doesn't matter what their um, their specific scores are. Mm-hmm. You use them. Use everything at your disposal. And so um, one other thing I wanted to say about the pitfalls of min-maxing is that it is not necessarily character-focused. Mm-hmm. Typically, if if you're coming from the position of, I want to be the best at X, mm-hmm. okay? That's not a character. 
Usain Bolt is not a character because he can run really fast. Yeah. He has a whole personality. He has a whole life. He has a backstory, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. He just happens to run really, really fast, right? So with min-maxing, it's very class-focused, not even race-focused. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, my character is a dwarf. No, my character is a fighter. Mm-hmm. That does not conjure an image in my mind. Mm -hmm. A dwarf, at least I could see, okay, you're plain clothes, whatever. Oh, no, wait, my character is a dwarf fighter. Oh, okay, so now he's wearing some chain mail. He has like a, a long sword, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's very class focused. They're trying to maximize all the class features. And then from there, then they choose a race to enhance those attributes that they need for their class mm -hmm. okay so like whichever race best complements that class yeah so and then you would go for ability score increases so you could max out your scores and then um, feats because there could be a feat that enhances your play style like items and stuff yeah, and then items if the DM allows like magic items that create character creation. Or but like like, like so say if you were creating like a min max character who is like super super stealthy, mm -hmm. like you would choose maybe a bow and arrow as mm -hmm. opposed to a battle axe. Yeah, and I mean that's just smart. Oh, okay. That, but but <laughs> no, but at the same token, it's um because again, stealthy doesn't translate to combat a whole lot mm -hmm. unless you're a rogue trying to get sneak attacks the the bow so for example you want to be stealthy you want to be long range right mm -hmm. so you pick a bow then from there if you're a rogue you pick a short bow from there you'd say okay i also pick um or no you'll pick a crossbow because the crossbow is better than the short bow when you get the feet crossbow expert. Mm -hmm. Okay, that enhances um, how you use your crossbow. You ignore reloading; it does extra damage. Blah 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 blah. So you're so you're excluding a weapon just because it's not going to fit mm -hmm. your thing. That's coming at it from pure mechanics. Mm -hmm from storytelling is where it can get interesting mm -hmm. um from storytelling so i'll use uh, my example my character we're starting at a slightly higher level in a campaign that i'm in i'm actually a player <laughs> uh we're starting at sixth level and um i am an artificer mm -hmm. so i have high intelligence artificer or artificer <laughs> however you want to say it i have high intelligence i have um pretty good dexterity pretty good wisdom and charisma and low strength we were using a different attribute score system and i have a really high constitution but <laughs> so i am a dryad so uh, we made a homebrew race for dryads. And if you don't know what a dryad is, it's a face spirit that was bound to a tree. Mm -hmm. And they have to live in proximity of their tree. And they're usually like a guardian of a forest and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I severed myself from my tree. 
Um, and one of the magic items, like they let he uh, let us use magic items at character creation. The reason why I have a 19 in constitution is because I have an amulet of health. Mm -hmm. But from a story perspective, because I can't just adventure a thousand feet from my tree. I need to travel with the party. My story um, and my backstory as an artificer, I took a acorn from my tree and magicalized it, put it into an amulet and made that amulet of health. So also, it's like you carry the tree with you. Yeah, normally without it, my constitution is like ten or eight. Which constitution? It's not something that you want low because that's your hit points. Yeah. So, I am ma like not max, but I am high in a lot of my stats. Um, but. If that amulet somehow gets taken from me, mm -hmm. um, and I and I told the game master, if it ta gets taken from me, it's like I'm severed from my tree. I don't mind if it's like if I go a week without it, I die. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's just an RP like that's an RP thing. And then the party's like, oh shoot, we gotta you know help get her amulet back so that she can survive she's our friend so so what does that say about min maxing so i've i've maximized a lot of attributes that i have like on paper strength is only, is the lowest attribute that i have mm -hmm. the rest are per, are pretty high mm -hmm. um i have no other low scores but from a storytelling perspective, if that amulet is taken taken away, not only will I have low strength and low constitution, and I'm meant to be on the front lines because surprise, surprise, there is only one rogue in the party, and everyone else is a spellcaster. <laughs> so I'm the one with the high armor class, and I'm the one tanking and stuff like that. So from that perspective, it becomes interesting because. I'm not just gonna retreat to the back lines because I lost my amulet. I'm still gonna like defend my friends and go on the front lines. But I now am at, I'm worse at my job, at mm -hmm. least mechanically yeah. and stuff. So I still have all my artificer stuff that I can use to my advantage, but there is that weakness. So from a storytelling perspective, if you have an idea for a um, for like a, a character who really isn't, if you want to challenge yourself, if you're very verbose and eloquent and you want to try to play a character who is not <laughs> and you bring down their charisma and maybe their intelligence then that's a role-playing challenge for you to make that character work. Because it, it, I know a lot of people, they like to stick to certain classes or certain play styles so that they um, that's their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I encourage to stretch out of that, or if not, if you're used to having high intelligence, high charisma, high dexterity because that's typically how you play drop one of those scores and raise another one like at least to give you some variety that's why i like um i mean i i haven't 
done this yet, but I really like the concept of it. And one day I really want to do it where it's like you just roll all your stats and just get them randomly and like build your character some that people way. do that i think that's really yeah. interesting because i think that forces you to be more creative especially if mm-hmm. i feel like if you've played a lot and you like you said like you have um things that you just kind of default to like similarities it'll force you to create a character that's different it yeah and actually the early editions of the game did that Mm -hmm. and a lot of people didn't like it simply because especially newer players if i'm a new player and it's like i really want to play a sorcerer yeah and i get high strength high dexterity high intelligence and like very low charisma which is my casting stat i'm gonna be a terrible sorcerer oh yeah i don't think it's a good idea if you're like if you're really dead set on a particular thing it's not a good idea but if yeah like say you're you've been playing a bunch and you're just like i want i want a challenge i want to do something completely different Mm -hmm. out of my comfort zone and just like experiment like maybe it's a one shot and you're like i don't feel particularly attached to this character i'm just gonna roll it Mm -hmm. and see what happens like that to me i think is really interesting because then i feel like if you just start by rolling the 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 skills and the stats then you can like maybe pick the class and the race Mm -hmm. like that will be the beginning of the person and you build the rest of it around those so and even from a psychological perspective Mm -hmm. um so it's very funny to have that fighter who really really wants to be brave and fight in the front lines but they have low strength Mm -hmm. and stuff but what are mean what are things you can do like yeah you know you could swing a, a sword and try to help what are other ways you can aid your allies to circumvent that and like you can min max in a slightly different direction where you're not meant to do damage mm-hmm. but you're meant to take hits help around the battlefield be like a utility character kind of um But then on the opposite end, let's say you're a wizard and your party is in an anti-magic field and you can't cast magic. Yeah, what else? What do you have to fall back on? You can try grappling. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you grapple someone and uh, bring them to the the ground, well, attacks against them have advantage. You're helping your party. So just because you have low scores doesn't mean you can't do certain things yeah doesn't gandalf like literally fight with his staff sometimes like use his staff, yeah, staff as a, like, and his sword but yeah, see sick. gandalf is maxed out okay yeah the, gandalf is a bad example but that's just yeah. that's where actually gandalf is a hex blade that uses charisma as his attacking oh stat God. i think i've got it he's a hex blade warlock i thought he was an asmr well a hex blade is a type of warlock it's oh. a warlock patron got it yeah um so so my next question mm -hmm. as a dm if you have a player who is building a min-maxed character and they're really they're just really into it they want to optimize every single little thing um is that something that you would try to discourage and try to say like hey look i see i see what you're trying to do i see what you're doing see where that can come in handy but this is where it might you know given where the party given where the campaign might go this might not be the best idea maybe you want to consider like do you try to 
gently nudge them toward changing their mind and branching the character out Mm -hmm. or do you let them do that and maybe like do you let them do that and maybe take the campaign in a slightly different direction to make sure that it doesn't you know like you were just saying if you have a wizard who's just maxed out in all things spells and you know in the campaign you're gonna have an anti-magic area do you try to convince them without giving like because i feel like that can get kind of railroady if you're like well my campaign like (laughs) your character is not going to fit in my campaign like you could go that extreme which is bad or if you just let them do that you're kind of setting them up for failure and as the dm you're you're supposed to set them up for success so like how do you walk that fine line between not um, managing their experience per se, but yeah. you know. Well, the um, the first thing I always ask is, what is your character's story? Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a story, you just want to run a character concept. I can't work with that. Mm-hmm. And some some players don't want to be at the forefront, which is totally fine. Like there are. In, in every story, there is a side character who's a useful person, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I but I say, like, D&D has become so broad. There's so many options now that um, as there's more and more options, there's fewer and fewer builds that are becoming min-maxed mm-hmm. um ever since tasha's cauldron of everything now you have options of taking a race so let's say the dwarf the mountain dwarf they have plus two in strength plus two in constitution with uh the optional rules in tasha's now it, you can change those attributes you could say oh instead they have a plus two in charisma and a plus two in uh dexterity because i want to build a um a sorcerer or um or a rogue who can speak well to people Mm -hmm. and stuff so now that using the race strictly for optimization is kind of removed from the equation but it always goes back to who is your character? Because I can kind of work with anyone. I'm running Storm King's Thunder. Um, for those who don't know, it's a campaign about giants. Mm-hmm. And initially, the party was all spellcasters, <laughs> which is great in some ways and terrible in others. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I was like, oh, hey, these classes will fit really really or these classes and these races would fit really really well because they relate to giants and stuff like that Mm -hmm. no one (laughs) no one chose until i added um someone like came on board and then for the for other characters we sort of worked in how they how they can fit but it's just i can work generally with any any single party if i have two people who are like one is like oh i want to be a polar master fighter and the other is like i want to be a polar master paladin i will say okay the paladin can cast some spells and the fighter can get additional attacks 
but really how different are you mm-hmm. two? Yeah. What's distinguishing Where's, you from each other? Yeah. And so what's great about generalizing a little bit, you know, if someone is willing to drop their strength a little bit and increase other other stats, then you can be someone who is not so far in the spectrum of I am going to tank hits and do a lot of damage, but it's like, but they can be, I'm going to take hits, but I'm going to help the party in some other areas. I will be a, like a secondary mm-hmm. in these other care in, um, in these other situations for the party. So that if our really smart person is some is, for some reason is incapacitated and they can't solve this clue or you know they don't know this history i can help in some way so to answer the question mm-hmm. you do try to talk to the player before the campaign actually starts to convince them to shift the character a little bit correct you're, all, you're saying de- all valuable yeah. stuff, but you haven't answered the question. It depends. So, okay. Answer the question, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hex blades, so there is a problem between the warlock class, the sorcerer class, and the paladin class. A generally agreed problem in that if you multi-class any two of those three mm-hmm. with the hex blade warlock patron specifically... So if you have a Warlock Paladin or a Paladin Sorcerer or a Sorcerer Warlock, those multi-classes are really, really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, They're very effective at what they do. um, And they can outshine a lot of other players and make combats very trivial. What I would ask, and this is coming from someone who's played one, what I would ask, though, is what is your story? Because built into each of those classes, it just so happens, is a lot of RP opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, warlocks get their magic from a patron. Paladins get their abilities from their oath. Sorcerers from their bloodlines. Mm -hmm. I'll ask them what is their story. we really need to iron out your story because as a GM, that gives me opportunities to exploit that story. Mm-hmm. What if the warlock's patron or the warlock paladin, let's say, um, what if at some point in the campaign that paladin's oath comes into conflict with, the, with their warlock sides, like their patron's goals? Mm-hmm. What if those two conflict? Are you going to have to drop the oath? Mm-hmm. Or is the patron going to deny you its magic? Okay, that's... Like, uh, no, because here's the thing. That lets me... That lets me communicate with the player that they're walking a fine line with their build from a role-playing perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take away player agency mm-hmm. mechanically... Um, but I will tell them there are other, there are other points to your character that we can use. 
let's focus on those points because outside of combat, you're not going to be very useful. Mm-hmm. So then, so say say they that you do that, you have that conversation about their story and they don't want to change the character. I say, all right, let's do that. And then I throw them in combat situations that their <laughs> character's not used to. And, it, and it's, you So know, you're going to do that on purpose as the DM? You're going to sabotage well, them with... No, it's about challenging the players. So if if a player is used to running up to the big bad and hitting them with their sword and smiting on top of that and then s- recycling spell slats to smite again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. You've, you've killed a really powerful enemy here, but then um, this evil sorcerer casts Levitate on themselves. Now what do you got? Mm-hmm. You got nothing. You know, you're, you're kind of... But isn't that... And I'm being devil's advocate here. Isn't that punishing the player? No, it's not. Because I told them, uh, I tell them combat, there's not a single solution for every problem. Mm -hmm. There are multiple avenues. And if you've willingly chose to neglect certain avenues, that is up for exploitation. Now, if I'm just throwing beasts at them that don't have like higher reasoning and intelligence, that's fine. But if the evil wizard notices that this character just completely destroyed their undead abomination in two hits, Mm -hmm. they're going to make contingency plans. Mm -hmm. Like if they see this reoccurring pattern that the party excels in X, Y, and Z, they're going to make a contingency plan to try to counter that. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know... That's just making an organic villain. We talked about villains before. Yeah, listen to the previous episode. We just, that, you know, that's an organic villain. That is a story that tests the players. So, so to my previous example, like you were saying that you had that party where like everyone was a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. But then in the campaign, you had an area that is like a no magic mm-hmm. area. So what do you do in that situation? Do you change that part of the campaign so that the players don't end up just hitting a a wall? Or do you, because I feel like if you talk to them ahead of time, that's like, that's like not ruining, but like you're, you're giving away part of the story. Well, no, you don't like, I, I would never tell my players that there's a, a field that can shut down all their powers Mm -hmm. but what i would what i would say like number one they would notice it once they're in the field obviously but that's my question is in session zero mm -hmm. and they're when they're building all of their characters are you gonna say listen all of these characters are super maxed out with magic we have like that's gonna come in that's gonna be a problem no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Because that's not... That, there... Again, there are solutions. There are ways to work around that problem. They need to find ways to get around that stuff. Like, if they if they go in firing off their spells, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all they do, and I say, 
oh, you go to cast a spell and it fizzles in your hand. You know, wizard, you go to cast a spell and it doesn't work. Uh, cleric, you go to cast a spell, it doesn't work. If they keep going in and doing it and not retreating, I'm sorry, you you, d- you dug they, that great. But if so, they stacked their characters from session from the first session mm-hmm. to only rely on magic, you don't. I have. Then they need to figure out how to disable that field. They need if if there is some artifact creating it, if there is some other magic user that they need to deal with or something. They need to find a way to disable that field. I guess I'm just trying to find the line as a DM between... um, Because it's your job as the DM to make sure that the players... To a degree, it's your job to make sure they have a good time. Yeah. To make sure that their characters and the story that you have set out like meshes together. But it's also your job to not railroad them, to not write their characters for them. Like we've heard... Mm -hmm dm horror stories where the dm is just like no no like like they'll just Mm -hmm. kind of rewrite the player characters to fit better like that's not the role of the dm so like i'm interested in understanding like how you tow that line between like if you do this if you do a with your character it will come into conflict with the story and you'll you'll have a bad time we might tpk the party because you're just not, your characters are optimized in the opposite way for this particular environment versus, you know what I'm, do you know what I'm trying to ask? There's no way you can optimize that is at odds to, if, if it's like a very specialized thing, like I want to be the best in underwater combat. Mm -hmm. And I told them in session zero, this takes place in a desert. I say, your character is not going to fit. Yeah. If it's like, you know, they're optimized generally for combat. Okay, they're optimized. They're min-max. I can't rail. I can't railroad them into using me- certain mechanics. If they want to make a wizard with low intelligence, uh, you know, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them no. They're a wizard. That's dumb. So but, so, how much about the campaign do you tell the the players in session zero so that they can? make a character that is somewhat um like you said before you were doing you're doing your your giant mm-hmm. campaign and you told them that at, at the beginning so that they could kind of build their character in a way that's complementary to the story how much do you tell in session zero about what the campaign is going to be well i will give them a the premise for the campaign mm-hmm. um like the background like Giants are attacking places everywhere. Back like of the book summary. They've come out in numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, you know, and just give them basics. Giants, they're really big. They're really strong. They hurl boulders. Like, you know, that's 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 their thing. You know, they come from different elements. Um, and then I'll highlight these races and these classes specifically deal a lot with giants so you might be treated differently according to which one you picked depending on if they pick it or not you know i can't i can't make them and i'm and i'm not going to make them it's my job to present them with situations in which they shine 
and then situations that challenge them. And um, it's the challenges where the min-maxers might psychologically find problems with handling because they set out you see this actually a lot with rogues where they're like i'm gonna sneak everywhere and steal everything because that's what my character would do (laughs) because i'm a rogue that's psychologically being stuck Mm -hmm. somewhere and that's why new rogues are terrible (laughs) i'd actually encourage um a lot of newer players to lean toward min maxing because a lot of new players are like oh i don't want any of my stats to be low Mm -hmm. but then they don't really know what to do if some of their stats are high and some are low they can get comfortable with what their character is best at Mm -hmm. and then slowly work on other things throughout the campaign Mm -hmm. but if you're new and you're not really comfortable with role playing and stuff like that Having a general character, you're still not going to know. Yeah, because that's a lot of things to, 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 it's almost like, I feel like when you're new, if you min-max more, you're kind of limiting mm-hmm. the things that you have to be aware of almost. Mm-hmm. So like, if you are, um, you know, really low with intelligence, there's a whole slew of like actions and information and stuff that you just don't that doesn't apply to you right now really um and that yeah later on you can learn more about we have to wrap up but i feel like my questions are answered i still um i still see feel like min maxing is not the best way to go but i i mean it's like everything else where there's there's balance right it's, like yeah if if and it depends on your on your campaign, like your group, like what you want to do. Like if your DM just sits down, throws a map down and says, make the best characters you can possibly do. Mm-hmm. Challenge me so that I could just throw everything that I have at you. All yeah, right, there's fine. a time and place for or, it. Or if he's saying, you guys are epic heroes of the realm, just go all out, you know, make the strongest you can ever do generally doesn't happen you you like that progression because you're building that story so it's always best to start from who is my character Mm -hmm. before going into that um into stats and all that stuff that's good advice to end on yeah cool high five min maxing cool well thank you for listening um you can visit us on the internets at rollmatespodcast.com twitter.com slash rollmatespod patreon.com slash rollmatespod um and yeah we'll be back next week with another episode about D&D and if you become a patron you have the options to choose those episodes and uh depending on your level of patronage (laughs) you could ask us questions that we can answer on the podcast yeah i'm really excited to start getting questions in to answer yeah um make them really hard because they're mostly going to go to greg and i want to stump him (laughs) i want to stump (laughs) yeah okay um so you know everything about everything so i want i want to find questions that you can't answer yeah so find us on patreon become a flump a mind flayer or beholder Mm -hmm. and uh Until then, we will keep rolling the dice and make characters so that we can play. 
together. No. We can make characters just for funsies, but we're not going to play. I think that's a start. Okay, fine. That's, that's a, a start. start. <laughs> okay, see you next week. Take care. <laughs>